kind of that kind of what nine, I but... said off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're that. smarter than me. So what? No, no one said that. No, no, no nobody, one's, no one didn't that. say it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. We're up to 762 episodes today, February 28, 2024, as we record this. I'm Sebastian Peak. I uh, may be Jeremy Hellstrom. I think I'm going to be Brett Van Spurberg. I'm starting a new line of shirts with firewall rules on them. So, And I am Kent Burgess. Happy to be back. Yes, thank you. Uh, Kent is back. Josh is traveling this week. And uh, so Kent, <clears throat> more than happy to rejoin us. Flight to him anyway. <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> yeah. But uh, hey, look, we still have four people. If you're one of those people who, who is thrown off by change, you won't like this because it's, it's somebody different in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen. If you're watching the YouTube version, but at least we're not doing some weird like five-person thing like this, which... For some reason, not everybody likes this. I don't know why. Let's move to uh, the Patreon section of the podcast where we tell everybody in our listening and viewing audience about our uh, our funding campaign. Go to patreon.com mm-hmm. slash PCPer and uh, give generously to a cause that you can believe in. I mean, th- there's so much cynicism out there. There are people who are even kind of down on this whole hobby to begin with because of the pricing mm-hmm. is on video cards not exactly appealing but we have to ride this out we have to see it through we have to stay the course uh and what i'm saying what i'm trying to say is give generously uh give beyond your ability to get no don't do that give early give often <laughs> yeah and just keep on doing it, it and hopefully forget about I- it so you don't ever cancel it it uh, it adds a new dimension of meaning to your life if you get involved in that way. Really it's a cause you, you should do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. Please help Brett move There's, out of his yurt and back into a home. There is one new person. Excuse me a second. There is something crawling <laughs> on my monitor. <laughs> hey, you that's that? your dinner. It's gone. It's gone. We're going to take care of it because it's like very, a, it's very a distracting. <laughs> It was just I a random lizard or snake. Or usually, usually rat. I eat them. Usually I eat those, but not on not on one of the shows live. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be out of the Moroccan prison probably uh, inside of a few weeks here, I guess. Yeah, uh, but there is one person I do want to thank, especially for keeping us. Well, most of us out of prison. I'm I'm in prison. That's tax evasion. You know how it is. Um, Rowan. Rowan has given generously this week. I just want to thank Atkinson. Him, so thank you. Well, we wish, Rowan. but oh. Rowan, it would have, okay. if it was a Rowan Atkinson, it may have been more, but uh, this, uh, this Rowan did come up, uh, threw down uh, some money for us to, to keep the lights on. Well, maybe you guys can keep the lights on. My jailers will turn it off here in about two hours. Good. Yeah. This, thank you, Rowan. <laughs> and this is starting to feel a lot like a PBS pledge drive. So we've, we've got to move on. Exactly. It's time for Food with Josh, uh, featuring Jeremy. Take it away. Yeah, well, he is uh, cheating on Born on the Barn with uh, Mm. what looks to be sort of a combined soup and sandwich in one plate. I mean, he says it's a green chili burger from a place called Rattan, but I'm, I'm struggling to find the burger in this. 
it, it certainly looks interesting. It certainly looks chilly-ish. I'm assuming that's just a patty sort of hiding down there with possibly another patty behind it. Some cheese that you can see spreading out. The, the veggies on the side, which you may or may not have touched. And I do like the look of the fries. The fries do look rather nice. There is spice on them. He's either... They look, uh, they look hand cut. Weird... Yep. Yep. <sighs> Decent amount of pepper on there. But I, as far as burgers go, I don't know. This is sort beans? of a stretch. I guess it is. <laughs> that would be the beans. chili part. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, we're taking sloppy joe and just running way too far with it to make a, a, what is essentially a plate of chili with uh, some burgers on it hmm. it's not uncommon to have burger in chili i believe Sorry. we can eliminate flight sim as a possibility of where josh is tonight yes <laughs> I don't think you'd be able to sit comfortably after eating something like this. This was posted not, not even three hours ago. So no, he's, he's literally he's in the bathroom yet. right now yeah. as we speak. There's no, yes. there's no doubt about that. But now we know the real reason he couldn't join us tonight from wherever he is. Nobody wants you to podcast from a, I a mean, bathroom. I mean, is Boca Raton down where he is? Or is it a name of a restaurant? I'm not sure. It's all a we mystery. We may never know. It's time for the PC Per News Desk, and our top story tonight is AMD Radeon RX 7900 GRE. You know that graphics card variant that was released to China only in July of last year? Well, it's global now. Golden Rabbit. Yeah, the Golden Rabbit Edition GRE, and there's a ton of reviews out there for it. Although if you'd looked at any of the performance numbers from its initial launch, you won't be surprised at all by this. But uh, in addition to this, though, AMD has officially adjusted the pricing of the 7700 XT, as reported by Tech Power up here. I got the email from AMD as well. $419 is now the official list price from $449. It's not much. It's $30. I think this is still a $399 product. I've seen some complaints that maybe it should be like a $350 product, which lower is always better. Do you think this is enough, especially considering that the 7800 XT is so much faster for $499 or less? It's been selling for less than its list price at times. So mm-hmm. I don't know. There's some room. But what have we got? Those $420 price right. paint. <clears throat> that sort of thing. It, it's a little bit of a gap. It's a very narrow gap. I will give it that, but it is a little bit of a gap. Yeah, it's just another skew to drive, you know, every dollar price point they can. Yeah. They've got a little bit of a lead on NVIDIA with uh, skew fill out for a dollar. Yeah, the, that's the thing. The NVIDIA spectrum. doesn't have anything at this price level because they go right from three ninety nine no. to uh, just over four five ninety nine or five forty nine because they don't have anything at the five hundred, the four hundred fifty or five hundred dollar level right now. Because they lowered the price of the regular 4070 down to 549, and they don't have the 4060 Ti 16 gigabyte on their official like chart anymore at 499. All right, let's let's continue on with more 7900 GRE coverage, which we'll also have more of whenever we do the review part. But by the way, speaking of that 7900 GRE that everybody's talking about, there's a very limited overclocking headroom. And it turns out, after Hardware Unboxed and others have looked into this, 
there is a bug, according to AMD. Uh, let's see, AMD statement to Steve at Hardware and Box. Extremely limited overclocking of the GRE cards is a bug. Will be addressed shortly. So apparently, all they need to do is update the driver, and uh, they can fix that little performance snag. And it needs help. It needs all the help it can get. Who do they think they are, Arc? Yeah, <laughs> you'd think I'm, a product that's been out for like seven mm, months. Yeah, that's yeah. the question. Would be mature by now. Especially a rabbit edition that over... would essentially breed very quickly. I mean, but we'll see. Okay, while we're on the subject, let's just cover the review really quick. This is like a five-minute read or less because this is – think of the uh, 6950 XT for a moment. Just consider I'm, that I'm thinking in of your it. mind. It's a great yep, card, great value. You can often find it for around 550 Now think of a new card called the 7900 GRE that's 549 hmm. and offers almost the same performance as that 6950 XT. Now, it is slightly faster, but I think it's rather telling to look at how advanced RDNA 3 really was when an RDNA 2 product with 80 CUs. So it has the same streaming processor count. It's 5,120. It's, it, the advantage is really in, I guess, the efficiency because it's, it's doing more with less. It's slightly faster than the 6950 XT with lower overall clock speeds, at least according to the specs, has more ROPs, 160 versus 128. Everything else is pretty much the same, except for the Infinity Cache, which is half of the old hmm. 6000 series card. 64 megs versus 128 yeah. with the 6950 XT. So lower power consumption, but I mean, the memory system it is exactly the same. identical. 16 yeah. gigs of 256-bit GDDR6, 18 gigabit per second effective data rate for a total of 576 gigabytes per second of bandwidth. That's the same for both cards. Uh, I mean, that look at that launch price. I forgot that the 6950 XT launched at over $1,000. Yeah, it did. And it only had half the transistors. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yes, Talking it's about insane. 50, cause it, of course, the 7900 GRE is just a further cut down Navi 31. Of the Navi 31, yeah. So, so it's, yeah, it's impressive. And I love the power draw. Like 260 watts for like uh, a system, it'll bump out the 1650. Finally, yeah. in some of the pre-builds, I think. Let's look at that power draw real quick. Uh, averaging, based on the data points on this chart here, averaging 266 watts during this uh, 3D Mark Speedway run. So it's right on. It's it's 260 watt um, rated. Of course, it'll spike higher. The highest spike was 340 watts, but pretty well-behaved card. Thermals of our Sapphire sample, by the way, were phenomenal. Like the highest reading I actually saw was 61C yeah. during well, load. Not doing fantastic. really long. Gaming sessions. Did the fans spin up at all at that? Barely. I couldn't hear the card so, over the liquid wow. cooler as usual. But so just to give you an idea, let's look at Time Spy Extreme 3D Mark scores here. It is just a little bit ahead of the 6950 XT, the Asus Tough that we have. So 10,173 for the 6950 XT, 10,440 for the 7900 GRE. So very little difference there That's in raster performance. Not much of a difference. Yeah. No, where you will see a s maybe a slight advantage would be in something like a DXR title. Like this is 3D Mark Speedway, so it's a DirectX 12 Ultimate. The gap is 
No, almost exactly mm, the same. Eight so, and a half, no. nine percent, something like. Yep, it's not very much. Eight percent. I no. Borderline noticeable. Eight. Damn it. Okay, so the. And what is, what is it? Eight eight percent. So. Okay. So eight point five to be exact, which is eight point five. Kind of kind of what nine, I but... said off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're that. smarter than me. So what? No, no one said that. No, no, no one. No one didn't that. say it. <laughs> you're not not saying it. You're not denying it. Just, I guess it's the other way. Just read his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not. I'm not going to talk. <laughs> so my wife has multiple degrees and an alphabet after her name. She's terrible at math. So don't worry about it. So you've I've, seen this before. You've seen it happen. I'm good at some time. of the basics, oh, but yeah. apparently percentage calculation is uh, not, it's too advanced. You know, anything past I work like, with statisticians school. all day. Their take on math is so very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so the long and short of it is that this card is the pure card from Sapphire. It is all white. I've never seen an all white Sapphire card, at least not that I can remember. I think I used to have a Sapphire from like an ATI card that had a white shroud or something, but it was a yeah, real long AC. time ago. Didn't they have a, an all white kind of thing going? Anyway, they had a white motherboard. They had yeah. like, they did an all oh, white yeah. motherboard. Sapphire? Yes. We talked to wow. Ed about it last Are, time he was on the show. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And NZXT did an all white one just a little while ago, a couple of years yes. ago. I had but it, completely forgotten that Sapphire made boards until you brought it up. Yeah, this this is the card. This is the pure, and it, it's it's a very nice. They did a nice job with the white. the The fans match the shroud very nicely. It's not easy to do. You remember what Steve Jobs said about white? You know, matching white plastic and metal. It's it's not easy. They have a white. That's tough. Metal backplate on this thing. There's a. Uh, the lighting wasn't the best in these photos. I could have uh, used a little bit more. <clears throat> but yeah, it's it, the only thing that, that looks uh, great. Is not. It, it's white, but it's, I mean, it's, it looks kind of uh, gray because there wasn't enough lighting. Oh, so it's a more of a cool white or is it more of a warm? I would say this white. is a little bit cooler, but it really, I'm, I'm getting a little bit of that, that warmer white vibe off of it, but I think it's because of the red accent. So it, it mm -hmm, creates a little mm -hmm. bit of that um, reddish, mm -hmm. I don't know what, what the term is. Obviously intelligence is uh, not strong from the upper left uh, quadrant of the uh, podcast. Hence why I'm doing this every week at 10 o'clock at night instead of going to bed like a <laughs> rational person would when my son goes to school <laughs> early in the morning. Let's move on uh, to Intel and Clearwater Forest. Could get Intel inside the server room again. Not that they've really left because, you know, there are probably some very aggressive uh, deals yeah, to but... keep them in certain data centers. But yeah, we know. We know that Epic is is where it's at right now. So what's this going to do? Well, it's a brand new FAT. FinFET is out. We're going with ribbon FAT. So as you can sort of see, the transistor gate is wrapped around multiple channels. And although they don't say that, they don't show this in the example, one of the things that they figured out how to do was to make the channels of different widths. This is very weird. Like it's always had to been very, very, uh, consistent, right? You, you can't mess around with the, the channels that are going through. That should actually be allow, allow them to significantly 
increase the energy efficiency of it because you're going to have transistors that don't necessarily have to get a big fat channel through them when they don't necessarily need to. So that's a very interesting thought. They've also changed the uh, power on the backside. They've got this brand new thing called Power Via. I think they recently bought it. I can't remember from who, but uh, the way that they're providing the power through the black the back plane is going to be significantly more efficient than it has been for a while because that's one of the worst things about Xeons is they are so power hungry that it's absolutely insane and makes an epic look reasonable by comparison. And now and hold on a second. Just wait, yeah. wait. One thing that's really important to note is heat is really the in power draw is the ultimate entity or enemy in, in the, in the server room. It is the absolute worst because it drives so much of the budget for large scale operations. And that's why this is so important. Every watt. I only get half the performance, but it's only costs. It's only a third of the, or two thirds of the power sold done. Yeah. So the other thing is that this thing is not going to be a wimp. It scales up to 288 E cores at the very top end. No P cores, because again, like Brett said, efficiency is king in the the server room. You don't need those P cores. The efficiency cores, as long as you got enough of them, are going to be wonderful. So it's very interesting Mm. to see uh, what these 288 cores on their uh, 18A process, which will be the other interesting thing that this brings in. So Intel's bringing in a lot of stuff all at once. Hopefully it works out for them, but sometimes when you change so many things at once, there can be some growing pains. So 288 cores, no hyper-threading to get your your scheduling all screwed up. No P cores to deal with peak power because it's a server. This could really work out for them if they pull it off well. I'm just reading through the errata and that, that there's just so many changes in it that, yeah, you got a new process, you got a new design, you got a new power system. I, hey, we shall see. Maybe you should wait for Sierra Forest, though. That's the one that comes after it. It's interesting because if you go with an all-e-core design, that Mm -hmm. typically means that you're using more mature architecture, but you're just putting it onto a more efficient process node. So these are not going to... They're doing both. Yeah. They've gone from a waltz to a double step. Way back in 12th gen, I I remember on a show, um, I was talking about the fact that you can get eight E cores into the physical space of two P cores. And even in 12th gen, the performance of E cores was not that far generationally behind IPC. It was about the same IPC as uh, Skylake. Um, but much, much more efficient. And I was wondering then if Intel had plans to go forward using that style because they could just fit an immense amount of cores in a really small space. Um, and if the performance of eCores has improved IPC, um, you know, that could be very, very interesting. The, the YouTube chat just mentioned something that uh, was just a comment a, a few seconds ago regarding the proliferation of e-cores doing away with potentially the necessity of hyper-threading. And I, I can see that being a real advantage, especially in the server space, running a lot of multi-user 
typical operating systems like like Linux or certain versions of Windows and, and, and things like yeah. that, where they've had a lot of trouble with security violations and cross cross or same core issues with the ability to gather instructions and data from a co-process that's not necessarily one that belongs to you on your process space, but you're able to kind of gather yeah, that sure, information yeah. through the hyper-threading hyper context switching. Yeah. And that kind of sidesteps that whole problem. And that's one of the reasons why we've lost a certain amount of performance on older generational chips that have a lot of hyper-threading because of, of patching. When you see the BIOS patching come through that that patches yet another security problem. This sort of sidesteps that. Yeah, that, that so, raises the specter of a security meltdown we had not too long ago. Did you say specter? <laughs> of a meltdown, a security meltdown that we recently <laughs> nicely done. I saw what you did there. Okay, so quickly, some hardware news. Corsair has unveiled two new series of dual-chamber PC cases. Now, you know the old uh, dual-chamber PC cases from Corsair. They had that big like pillar separating panes of glass and you know it's just not attractive what you need is that big open glass front corner that's all the rage these days every manufacturer now has a case like this and corsair is no exception the 6500 which is their atx sized series is 6500d 6500x one is mesh maximum airflow the other one is glass panels and then they have the 2500 which is the uh Micro ATX slash Mini ITX variant, which as you can see from this photo, if you're watching the video, is smaller, but still spacious. These are big dual chamber cases. They have almost as much space behind the motherboard tray as uh, in front of it. So as you dual you know, chamber, it's, yeah, that's the dual chamber way. And of course, Corsair has been a uh, a pioneer of dual chamber cases, going way back to the days when you know Ryan was making video reviews on PC Pro's YouTube channel like a decade ago. With the first, uh, I think it was the Air. They called it Air, like Air Five. Yeah, the Air Five Forty. Uh, I think yeah. it was the Five Forty X. Then they had a uh, Mini or a Micro ATX. It was like the Two Forty X. I think they they were both dual chambers. Yep. And then later they came out with uh, variants of those that were they featured a lot of tempered glass because that's what the industry had had moved to. And those didn't have the same airflow, of course. And what they're trying to do with this, I think, because I have one of them behind me, that is in for review. And the idea is, you even with the tempered glass version like this, you have a lot of ventilation. The back is all ventilated. I took the, the panel off, but the back is just all like mesh. And then there's That's mesh along idea. the front, like the other side of the chamber. Like this is all mesh. And the top is mesh. So the idea is you can, it looks nice. You can see all your components and stuff, but then you're using a liquid cooler. You're cooling it from, you know, air is coming in the back. It's going out the top. And so there's no, uh, there's no downside. So if you build in a case like this, which again, every, every manufacturer has their version of this now. The, uh, what was the original, like the, the template for this? It's like the O11, right? It's an enjoyable style to build in. Here's something completely different from Ars Technica. If you're an AT&T customer, you already know about this. There was a major 
outage. Lots of AT&T customers were affected by this, but don't worry. I think they're actually giving everybody $5 for their trouble. (laughs) That was one of the highlights here. Yeah. Those various people that were in car accidents or other life-threatening emergencies and couldn't couldn't use their phone at all. Yeah. Here's $5 statement credit. Here's the next of kin gets $5. So their, Mm. their network update that was botched. This is from Ars Technica. I may have mentioned that already. So it was their botched network update that caused the major wireless outage of the 22nd of February. Apparently, they were looking to expand their system, maybe in some way, shape, or form. And they sent a bad software uh, patch or deployment out to way too many uh, installations. I'm convinced in my imagination they had to physically send someone with a USB stick to every every installation because they couldn't reach them anymore or something. That's my imagination. Uh, I'd like to start that rumor, but I'm imagining well, that's what happened. I don't know happened. if you're totally imagining it. Uh, <laughs> I, hope, I hope that this works out the same way it did in Canada because Rogers, one of the three remaining major uh, phone companies up here, had the same thing happen last year. And everything from 911 to text was dead for about a day. And so Canada figured out the perfect solution, which was to allow them to absorb Shaw, their only competitor, so that now there are only two major telco companies in Canada, one of which went through a 24-hour outage with no $5 even. Are you suggesting that there might be corruption? involved well, well no but I'm, I'm just hoping there you know at&t and timo will combine and that will solve all of your problems and that way you'll have an alternative choice when it happens. that's what the other t yeah. is because telegraph you know second. that's not really used anymore american telephone and t-mobile at&t they don't even have to change the name at and t people forget what it stands for but yes the uh the punchline is as sebastian said a minute ago for your troubles Here's a fiver. Uh, the FTC is investigating this because of the, as we've talked about, the 911 outages, as well as the network called FirstNet that AT&T runs yeah. for, oh, I don't know, first responders, you know, for communications to police and fire. So yeah. good on them. Yeah, because it wasn't just Maybe that you couldn't dial 911. 911 couldn't get a dial tone. It was both ends. Yeah, so uh, maybe a test environment would be a great investment for AT&T on this one. That's uh, first thought. Sorry, a what? Casual. casual By the way, game. when you said both ends, all I did, I only pictured Josh's burger. Just thinking about mm-hmm. Josh in this, in this time, <laughs> what he must be going through in his hotel room. Nine to five Mac, by the way, reporting, and you know it makes sense because you know a lot of Apple loyalists are probably still on AT and T from the days when they had to get a singular contract to even buy an iPhone. And it says AT and T is handing out a bill credit to make things right. Yeah, five dollars <laughs> makes everything right. They don't have enough money mm-hmm. to give more. We apologize. How about a five? That's such a slap yeah. in the face. How about twenty five dollars? I don't know if oh, they're aware please. of it or not, but since the days of the Telegraph, AT and T, five dollars has lost a lot of its value, to the point where, you know, five dollars in nineteen thirty was like I don't know a hundred bucks. Was an immense amount of money today. That was a lot of money. That's back when you could get a hotel room for like two bucks. Stuff was. We have yet to hear sense. from business as well, because business is a little bit pissed, and offering them five bucks a line is not going to impress anyone. No, it's not five dollars a line. By the way, it's not $5 a line. No. It's $5 a, an account. 
correct. Yes, you that have is, it correct there. It is five dollars an that's account. Even worse. So when you bundle all of your family together into one account, everybody, uh, T-Mobile, bucks. we're open for business. Uh, just bring your account over. <laughs> the coverage is essentially the same at this point, and you know. And come on, all they have to do is say six bucks off your first month. It's a dollar more. <laughs> One dollar more than eighteen. Hey, not only they'll give you, they'll be great. If if Legier was still there, I'm guessing they would do something like that. But I don't know. I don't know how they respond. Okay, so did we? Last week we mentioned something about the, there might be a crashing problem with Intel processors, and uh, I don't know. Is there more about this? Is is it just a small number of people? Is it just some complaints yeah. on Reddit, or is it something more real? Oh, uh, it's something more real because they've literally tracked it down to what is going on. Essentially, people are playing with their BIOS and and, and making the the chip go faster and eat more power than it was originally designed to do. I don't know. This is apparently a thing some weird people do. So yeah, that's what it's been tracked down to more (laughs) or less is that people are screwing around with the SVID behavior and uh, playing around with the, the power limits. And as you've yourself uh, found out Sebastian long duration power limit and short duration power limit are very important for these new Intel chips and by default exactly the same value of 4095 watts with no limit so this is actually a reasonable complaint to say that Intel who damn well knows what that chip is capable of to not tell the motherboard vendors to hey you got to back off a little bit on this this isn't well, about longevity, Jeremy. This was about the motherboards. This is about positioning at launch. Yeah. This is about getting as close to or even surpassing the performance of AMD's current desktop offering. It has nothing to do with longevity. Why are they going to release a 14900KS to be on top? To say, Briefly. forget the 7800X3D. We have 6.2 gigahertz. Who cares if it's not going to last, you know, five years? Most gamers upgrade every two or three. So, uh, I don't know. It They have done extreme things in the past, obviously. Yeah. Extreme addition obviously say, It's the motherboards. It's not us. Well, we, we decided the just They have the a rather close partnership. I don't think it's any yes. coincidence at exactly. all that when Ryzen no. became a problem, motherboards all started shipping with a 4,095 watt PL1 <laughs> and PL2. Come on. That's perfectly reasonable, right? <clears throat> I know it's Speaking old. Speaking as but... someone who has water-cooled and overclocked uh, just about every Intel gen since uh, Broadwell, um there's a probably another reason that can be attributed to this um, because when I first started overclocking on my 12900KS, um, it's different. Overclocking since uh, since 12th gen is very different. Um, and it took a lot of work to find a way to get it where it behaved correctly and stable. Uh, my 13900KS, I'm running uh, 6.2 on two cores, uh, 6.1 up to four cores, uh, and uh, up to 5.8 on all eight uh, P cores. Um, but there's, yeah, it's it's different. The way you tune the voltages are different. 
there's just a lot of difference in it. And I think a lot of people are going into it um, as, as I did, thinking that, oh, I, I've been overclocking Intel for a while. I know what to do. And they would do that. And as, as I did on 12th Gen when I first got into it, and it was like, why isn't this stable? Um, and it's because it's the, the, the entire methodology is different um, than anything we've seen before from Intel. Out of curiosity, what kind of voltage do you have to hit to do 6.2 on two cores? I am set to run adaptive voltage, and I've got it set to 1.415. Oh, that's really low. Um, you have a good chip. It's I've, I've seen betters, but it's it's at least a, above average, I think. But um, yeah, it's it's just very different. Um, and actually, I think that when you really get into it and sort of figure out how to do it, you can actually get those chips to perform at a much lower voltage than you think you need. Mm. Um, regard, I mean, you know, I delitted my 13900K too. So, it, but um, it's just, you know, I. I, I and yes, the the high power limits, the unlimited power limits as default. I, I never did care for that. I feel like they should have that limited by default. Um, but yeah, I mean, if people are overclocking and they're running into an instability on these systems, I don't know that it's the chip or the motherboard's fault, to be completely honest. Um, I'm with you on that. All right, so uh, our resident like Intel a, a fan has, uh, has given his take on this matter. Oh, AMD is not innocent in this matter either. Recently, yes, mm. but in the past, no. But uh, no, if you're overclocking, I yeah, there's instability. That's why we have all of these benchmark tests to test stability. Intel processors are all overclocked. If you are but buying your own motherboard and processor and putting the system together. If you're buying some pre-built from a company like Dell or HP, those are different. Those are, everything is to the penny or the fraction of a penny, and they're not using any more aluminum on that heat sink than they have to. They are going to hard limit to whatever the TDP is on a lot of cases. Even Alienware systems back in the day, like they yeah. had very hard limits, PL1, PL2, and it because they didn't want to give you a better heat sink. They didn't want to give you a better uh, liquid cooler. So it's just these systems, you, you buy anything. Like you buy a little Core i5 and an inexpensive motherboard, you're still overclocking unless you <laughs> manually intervene and say, no, I actually do want... You have to chase down information from like a non-tech review to find out what is even the PL1 and PL2 of this product because they're not advertising this. The TDP means absolutely nothing. Another story. Here we go with the salty. Oh, uh, Scott Herkelman. Yes. The, not that he's bitter at all. Not that he has a bone to pick with NVIDIA. Former AMD Radeon boss, Scott Herkelman, says that NVIDIA is the GPU cartel. They are the GPU cartel and they control all the supply. It's a quote from him. As uh, published at theocarts.com. It's, it's slightly more than rumor to, to it's hear It's technically that. correct, but just because they've got the most well, market share. 
Now the the rumor is is that there's a, a lot of of vendors out there who are currently Nvidia customers are discouraged. I think is the word I'm looking for. To be polite about it, from seeking other alternatives when they can't get their supply of Nvidia GPUs or server side GPUs or chips or whatnot, and they're just greatly discouraged because when the supply perhaps becomes available again maybe they're not on the delivery list or maybe it's not going to be coming to them right away yeah they're sorry even though their competitors receiving hundreds or thousands of them currently yeah there's none for you oh you you recently talked to another ai uh gpu supplier well that's interesting you know so that rumor is potentially out there and this is shades of the old gpp which is uh, what a couple of uh, of observers have mentioned. Uh, the old and Scott, of course, goes into happening more than you might expect. Caressing his forty nineties. Yeah, yeah we've missed you again. <laughs> anyway, this is of no surprise, and Nvidia has the strong arm tactics to basically enforce it. Uh, and this is uh, all the companies out there are very very hungry for AI development. And um, if they want NVIDIA, they're going to have to play by their rules so far. So what you're saying is saying. NVIDIA is, is Intel a few years ago, or Intel in the laptop yeah, space. Yeah, sure. Intel in the yes. laptop space. It's time for Security Corner. This is we're going to talk about Ubiquity. Ubiquity edge router hacks. Those ubiquitous, ubiquity edge they routers. They are. They're, they're small office, home office routers. They're cheap as chips. They work decently. You don't need to really comprehend much to be able to make them work. It's sort of plug in and away you go. So they're not usually attacked by state level attackers, except now they are. Uh, Chinese and Russian hackers, uh, specifically right now, a Russian hacking group called uh, APT28, which is quite famous and uh, of course not involved. It's not related to Russia at all, except for them all being Russia and state sponsored and that. They are actually targeting these things. To the point where the FBI last week went out and got a court uh, approval to be able to push updates to everyone's firewall rules without having to tell them. To be able to block the current traffic that AP28 is using to not take over the modem, to not mess with what you're doing at work, but to turn it into an attacker. Right? They're running Linux in the background. They can literally set this up to be able to be an attack point for various other places. And no one's putting small offices on their blacklists. Right, So you're looking at at least a neutral, if not a whitelisted IP address. And hundreds of thousands of these bloody things have been doing this. So, boom. Okay, we've blocked this out uh, for now. But it doesn't destroy the root cause of it because it's a Soho router. So guess what? The default user and the default passwords are still there. No one's updated firmware. No one's probably rebooted the thing since they bought it. So they're really strongly suggesting that do a factory reset, then update to the newest firmware. And then for God's sakes, get rid of the freaking default user and passwords like just just don't if you're if you can manage all three of those steps hey maybe look at some firewall rules that would be nice don't worry that when you do the factory reset the fbi uh, firewall rules will come back they're uh in your router 
firmware. So don't worry it's about that update. at all. Yeah, it's yeah. a firmware update. Uh, so, yeah. Did, did you talk just... through that? That the fact that the FBI or the, or the U.S. government considered this severe enough to, to to essentially locate all of the edge routers, the ERs out there, mm. and um, sort of force an under the hood patch against yes. these routers externally. They've been externally permanently altered via to provide the FBI with a backdoor into every one of these routers. I mean, that's just a that's just a little plus plus sweetener. But really, what they've done is they've delivered firewall rules that prevent the. It doesn't prevent them being taken over, but it prevents them from abuse in a couple of the ways in which they're being abused. Really, as Jeremy was saying. What you've really got to do, for God's sakes, is just change the default passwords. Now, later model ERs from Ubiquity come with the requirement as you turn them on to change this, but the old ones don't. And this is, and I also wanted to point out that the Edge Router series is different from all of the ones that are based on Unify Unify OS. They're not the same. These ER ones, in some ways... They are more capable in, in some ways because they've got a very interesting CLI behind them. And you can kind of do a lot of very inventive, mm-hmm. u- interesting, useful things on the ERs that you can't as, as easily do on the Unify OS ones. So as Jeremy was saying, these are kind of Linux in a box, in a, in a VM. They're really rather capable little machines. So not changing your default password and allowing them to be accessible in the way that they can be gotten at is just an invitation to be rightfully abused. And apt28, I think that's the name, uh, has done a number on on people who don't have any security yeah. in mind. And besides, Sebastian, why would the FBI everything. need a backdoor when they just pushed a permanent change to all of these routers in the first place? Externally, I mean, they already had already- one. Open. Yeah, if we didn't already know that, then it's yeah. pretty obvious now. Yeah, I, I'm just curious as how did they do that? That's uh, interesting. I'd like, look at that mechanism. Yeah. All right. Well, the next story in uh, Security Corner is from Bleeping Computer. Hijacked subdomains Shock. of major brands used in massive spam campaign. Uh, this one's a little geeky. Um, hey, C name is perfectly, you know, or is this a C name one? It is indeed the C name the one. Other? So okay, yeah. So C C names are are aliases, and a lot of times uh, there's a couple of, of interesting examples in uh, in the article. Like, say a major brand runs a contest, um, but they are advertising that everyone come to the main site that the uh, brand is known by, maybe with a slash name to it or something like that. But the requested URL. Uh, or underneath is fed from a, a third-party service or in some other uh, system. Maybe it's an API call they're making, but some other system, but it's within their domain space is acting to really fulfill that request. And they use a C name for that. Well, let's just say that the the time for that um, uh, that contest or whatever it is they had it set up for has passed. The system admins retire the front end, but don't retire uh, the names. So they're kept in parts of their environment, like their email system. So the emails originating from that uh, that domain may still be blessed, but hackers, after that subdomain expires, register it, okay, and then set that to their own services, and then they set set about to hosting APIs or they're sending emails from it, uh, and those are essentially being blessed 
based upon SPF rules that are, are it's called sender policy framework in the email space that that says the a receiver who's who's received that email, oh, you can trust this email. Trust it's sorry if I'm getting a little jittery here. Um, because that email comes from a trusted source. So this is so prevalent that it amounts to like 5 million messages a day through these uh, stolen network IDs or stolen names, just through C names that companies have forgotten to retire and they don't remove the names from their infrastructure. Sorry, go ahead, Jeremy, if you want to add anything to that. I think that's nightmarish enough. It's pretty nightmarish. There's a couple of good examples in here, like one from Swatch and one from, oh, from uh, Martha Stewart. And it's just... Yeah, huge campaign. But the the one that I really absolutely hate about it, uh, in part because uh, my day job helped develop DKIM, is that oh you did it's actually oh. taking advantage of that, which was a very very good way of guaranteeing the email is coming from where it says it was. Yeah, sender policy Until, framework and DKIM. Uh, yeah, are SPF ways of assuring that an email message that you've received from someplace is from the domain it says it's from. And the record that Jeremy's talking about is also registered with that corporate owners or that brand's DNS server so that the receiver can check on that. It gets back an encrypted uh, text block and says, oh, you know, this matches the one in the email address. It's it's definitely from them, you know, kind of thing. It it has a cryptographic exchange. the DKIM will match the sender and it will match the receiver, but in the between something weird happens mm-hmm. and those are got usually caught, but uh, yeah, this is sort of a new one. It's 5 million messages a day that they're, uh, yeah. they're getting out. The next story is, uh, it's probably not funny, but I, I find it rather amusing that a vast, and if you, don't know. Avast is this huge free antivirus, but not just an antivirus, of course, because they want to install their little browser helper and keep you safe mm-hmm. when you're online. Uh-huh. And the, the real reason for that, of course, is just to harvest all of your data. And that's the reason it's free. But they're actually facing a $16.5 million fine for unlawfully selling user browsing data. What? Incredible. They promised uh, to protect customers. Yeah. To, to save them from being tracked. Yes. And, but and that's they were one really of the doing kids. exactly what they said they were yeah. trying to protect you from. Kids out there, that's if, you are, one of the, yeah. if Sorry, you're uncertain ahead. what the definition of irony is, here <laughs> you are. This, this, this. Here you are. They're yeah. using a third mm-hmm. party called Jump Shot. Uh, they actually put up a, a, um, a, a, a question to the user as it was being installed, but they obfuscated what it really meant as to... And so many people are just used to kind of blasting through, yes, please install this. Yes, do this. Yes, do that. They really didn't pay attention. And the verbiage they used was uh, insufficient to describe what they were really doing, um, which is selling all your data to a third party, which in turn was uh, allowing it to be sold to different companies. They, Home Depot was one of them. But anyway, they uh, they gathered all kinds of stuff. What images you were looking at, what um, websites you were, you were going to um Keystrokes. They were get it, gathering all kinds of information, uh, oh, lots and God. lots of browser history and things of that nature. Um, and they they're getting this um, this fine as well as you musts from the FTC saying you must make this far more explicit. 
um, as to what it is that you're doing. They, you can't disallow this. It was part of the problem here was, as Sebastian was saying, is you you said you were doing, coming here to destroy the SIFT, not join them. Uh, that they're their purpose was to protect users and to protect Look, users. We may privacy. have misinterpreted what um, <laughs> the chosen one was actually supposed to do. Like, yes, he was to bring balance yeah. to the force, but maybe the balance yeah. was too far towards the uh, the light side of the force and not the dark side of the force. So, uh, this is essentially one of those, you know, protective measures that in turn was doing exactly what it was supposed to protect you against. <laughs> Microsoft is smart. I mean, they just, they just, uh, have everything you do on your PC at all times. Unless you're just not online. There are people who think, oh, there's this PowerShell command. You do this, you do that. Almost every guide you'll find online, that PowerShell command doesn't work anymore. Because every time they push out a security update, they kind of take away some of those fixes. They don't work anymore. Or you think they're working, but the security update made it so that you can't block some of the uh, telemetry that you thought you were blocking. Think about local user install only on Windows 11. Think It's that. not easy to do unless you prep your install with uh, Rufus and get it, you know, get rid of the TPM requirement, get rid of the uh, online go, go to CLI. I found an interesting one that worked recently. Do you know about the no thank you one? No. If uh, it asks you for an email address to log into your account, right? Okay. If you actually type no at thankyou.com and push that forward, it will say, oh, that email address isn't allowed. And then it's it, it's pretty obvious as to how to answer the questions after that, but it allows you to continue as a local user. Isn't I've that nice that there's a way to trick your operating system into not forcing you to create a Microsoft account to use your computer? And in your own I, house. You know, the reason for this, the reason for this, I found out was because so many people used it. It's one of the blacklisted email addresses. So if you know of another one, or if you figure out another blacklisted email address, those will continue Just to download uh, the latest that. ISO for Microsoft and, and use Rufus to create the installer. You'll be fine. Unlike that's, certain that's uh, South African Karens that I could mention by name, but won't. <laughs> uh, if you don't have an internet connection when you are setting up Windows 11, you do not need to set up a Microsoft account. Well, isn't that what Don't the Rufus CLI thing on. does? Well, yes. Well, it skips over it. Does, and well, it does a lot more than that. And it's brilliant. Mm. You can trim out a lot of stuff and inject some of the old good power tools and stuff like that into your ISO and install them without having to fight with it. But yeah, no, it's as much as uh, old Melon Husk was bitching and whining and yelling at the manager. It's like, no. If you don't automatically connect it to internet, then you don't have to sign up for Microsoft. You can create a local account or a pin as they like to call it now. All right. Well, let's get our last security story out of the way. This is also from bleeping computer, black Basta, black Basta. and bloody black Basta. These ransomware gangs, they've joined screen connect attacks. Please explain. Yes. Well, you'd like to see. You like to see organizations making friends, right? I mean, this is <laughs> so Screen Connect, which is you know a, a relatively popular way of uh, being able to connect to uh, help your local coworkers be able to uh, fix the ridiculous thing that they are having a problem with. 
and it's been exploited for well over a week now. And now it's a pile on a whole bunch of people have gotten a hold of this and are just dropping immense amounts of ran- ransomware, not just one or two flavors, but like dozens of flavors that, uh, yeah, when you're, Oh no, my it company, my it support usually uses screen connect to be able to, uh, help me out, or I use Screen Connect to handle my remote servers. Yeah, well, guess what? Uh, The good chances are you're screwed. Uh, Oh, and don't worry. It's it's very... It's not used by, like, 911. It's not used by most of the U.S. healthcare system. It's not widely adopted by governments across North America. Yeah, it's, well, it's, I was it's thinking nothing of, to worry uh, about whatsoever. Like electricity suppliers, water supply, you know, yeah. a, a telecommunications companies like AT&T. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not <laughs> well adopted by everyone that you depend on to uh, keep your life going. And it's being attacked like crazy right now. And guess what? You can try and patch, but uh, yeah, good uh, luck with that. There's uh, maybe... 10% of the Screen Connect servers out there actually running patched versions. The rest are significantly behind. Uh-oh. Maybe the FBI can patch them remotely. They seem to be good at that sort of thing. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yep. That's, they want to. You know, yeah. everybody wants small government until to patch the orders. Uh-oh. Yes. Sorry, Brett's <laughs> being uh, taken over. I, I said everybody wants small government and to patch a million Soho routers. No, they're definitely the FBI is interrupting you. your feed, Brett. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm not allowed. Just, that's true. Yeah. It's okay. The fact it's that okay. they can reach you in Morocco is impressive. Uh, or is it true? That is impressive. The, that's the whatever fast. bandwidth I'm getting out of taut strength. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for gaming quick hits. And our first story has to be Star Wars Dark Forces Remastered. It has arrived. Don't be fooled. At first glance, this may look like old pixelated graphics, Very but if you look re- closer, retro. It's, Wait. it's it's been like cell shaded and and redrawn and stuff. I have not looked at the remastered version of this yet. Stop! You're not authorized. Yeah, no, it's it's redone, and there there is a, a toggle so you can go back to the old pixelated version or the, the nicely redone one. But yeah, you can. Play this at 4K and 120 frames per second. <laughs> and when I played this, it was on on a, a compact laptop. I honestly do not recall what the hell was in it. But if I could get 15 frames a second, I was being I was quite excited. Uh, it it was not actually the appropriate thing to play this game on. I have memories of being utterly and completely lost because uh, there was a lot of sort of puzzles and running back and forth. It was the 90s. It was the thing. It was Doom. You had to go find the key card, and you had to go find the door that the key card went to and deal with the auto-spawned enemies along the way. But, you know, a lot of it looked the same, but at the same time, it was fun because you were doing a Star Wars game, but you weren't a Jedi. You were Kyle Katarn, the giant asshole. And it was kind of amusing. Had some very interesting guns. So for 30 bucks, I'm on the fence. I don't know. Uh, if I get desperate, yeah, I'll drop 30 bucks on it just to play because I've got some very fond memories of it. And hey, 
being able to play without just, oh, why did I die? Okay, give it a minute. Give it a minute. Give it a Okay. Oh, no, there it is. Okay, the game caught up. Now I understand <laughs> why I died. <laughs> well, for 30 bucks, that's not much less than I paid for Jedi Survivor, and it's got to be better than Jedi Survivor was. God, I hope so, because I still refuse to pay for it. Hey, and if you the, don't the leave it need to- those remastered features, you can get the original version of GOG for five ninety nine. But, but updated. Tell me, this original version runs on late model Windows. I bet it does. GOG is really pretty good at that. Oh no, GOG will definitely do that. Well, you can run. Yeah, be running. You on can run platform. any DOS game on any platform. It doesn't matter if you're on Linux, yeah. Mac OS, Windows, your phone. Next story from Rock Paper Shotgun. The next weird device to run Doom? Your lawnmower. Now, if you uh, follow retro tech stuff on YouTube, you probably know who LGR is. And I believe it's still his number one video ever with over 6 million views is running Doom on a calculator. Yes. But <laughs> but now he's running on a Husqvarna. I'm just and impressed you'd, that you'd the lawnmower think- has a color screen. <laughs> you you'd swear up and down that somebody hacked this uh you know playable version of doom into a lawnmower just because it had a screen and a control surface nay nay it's actually coming directly from Husqvarna that's the funny bit that's really yeah. the story here it's not like oh look doom on something else yawn it's like no wait 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 here's you haven't heard the funny bit the funny bit is they scroll down a little bit Sebastian I want to watch the trailer. A, uh, oh, okay. But it's just a, below. It's only 42 seconds the, long. Just that below is a really is nice actually, lawnmower. <laughs> it's a control outline of the lawnmower and how to move in Doom. Oh, brother. <laughs> it, now, does do you control it by mowing? Like, do you Look, move check that left out. and right by no, actually mowing to the left and to the right? That was the suggestion, is that there should be a way to kind of <sighs> Gotta make get, it like, physical Bob, you're, you're bored and you're doing the lawn. Well, here, I've got something for you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I think Husqvarna missed a golden opportunity here. To they should have done this mowing. on one of their chainsaws first. Uh, it's coming, I am sure. I you know, the next one that's maybe an electric one, an electric one with a color screen, I definitely can see that, yeah. Yeah, the gas-powered anyway. one would be hard to pull off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so you- Husqvarna actually did this, and it is brilliant hat- and hilarious. Hat-tipped uh, Husqvarna today. Next, the free tier of GeForce Now will soon be ad-supported, as if this wasn't always the plan. They're going like, full uh, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, there's... there's you know, there's a path. I mean, before the before the game starts, here's an ad kind of thing. Okay, so you have to pay if you want a premium service, and uh, they're just trying to emphasize that, I guess, by annoying you with ads. No, I thought it was worth mentioning. Yes, that come mid March, so, yeah, you're gonna get, uh, or no, sorry, first week of March, you'll get uh, ads while you're waiting for your uh, GeForce Now experience. You know, if it was only while the game was loading. And it was for something like, hey, here's an upcoming game you might be interested in. Then who cares? If it's, we already get I'm watching an ad anyway. for Downy Fabric Softener or something, well, I, I don't want that. Like, it I'm needs to be pretty more sure political ads like the worst. For- All right. Well, that's surprising news story over Microsoft to present DirectSR Super Resolution at GDC this year. 
you know, it's it's going to be an operating system level. I think we mentioned something about this recently. Operating system level super resolution for all GPUs. Remember when every graphics card had its own API? And then Microsoft Sadly. stepped in and said, hey, DirectX. It's just, <gasps> it's the API oh. for everything. And you have to support it if you want to be relevant on this You'll exciting new product open called Windows for my 95. dead hands and directs. Yeah. So, I'm just amazed more more the, the same thing about stuff. direct storage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, remember direct storage was going to be a thing, and then yeah. it became. Yeah. No. Sorry, the presentation. The presentation that you're talking about oh, in, in late March is actually going to be put on by a few companies you guys might have heard of: Microsoft, AMD, and Nvidia are going to present this. There's a name missing from that. Why? Why would one name be missing? Where's Where's Intel? Because Ryan's not there anymore. Part of this. Ah, okay. When That's you it. When you have it wasn't because, lost the clout because... of Shroud, then it's just, oh, <laughs> wow. Ryan's out there. And, all right, the clout. Clout move on. We're not. Oh, I guess Tom Peterson. Nah, no, because you know, it's not because are. they don't plan on continuing to support these graphics cards, right? That's not the reason. Not at all. Right. Look, hey. AMD next generation is going to blow you away. It's going to be the best performance you've ever seen. Uh, and Intel Battle Mage, it's going to be right yeah, there. Until you They're see Battle Mage, that'll blow you away. Um, Just keep oh, okay. hoping. All right. Keep your fingers crossed. Okay. If there's any competition at all, because if if something doesn't happen soon, Nvidia is just going to. I don't know what they're going to do other than make all the money, raise prices, and sell all the cars, raise prices, raise prices some yeah. more. I think that will wrap up gaming quick hits this week. So let's it move does. on to picks of the week. And Jeremy, please get us started. All right. I suppose I will. And again, Canadian pricing, although your American pricing may also be well. It's uh, EKWB who makes, you know, still some of the best all-in-one CPU liquid coolers on the planet. And the ones that you build yourselves are even better. There's currently a sale on where essentially you're getting their 360 Elite RGB for essentially half price, going from 280 to 150. So if you know you you've bought a recent Intel product that uh, is giving you some crashing during games, especially when Oodle is involved, maybe this might help you out. And it'd look really spiffy in a white case because it's chock full of RGBs. More so than I'd like, but hey, not it's actually quite, quite smart price. looking. It's, yeah, yeah it's I like their looking. I like their AIOs, and that's what like a hundred dollars US approximately. It's yeah, maybe affordable. a hair over. Yeah, if you're if you're down in the states, check it out. Uh, it might be on sale other places, but I really don't care. All right. Well, I have Brett. a. One, I was just going to say I have a one twenty of that that I've never used. It's still new in box. Not sure what I had in mind for it, but I do uh, have one. One twenties. I mean, do you, does anybody need one twenty? Like, uh, like a X3D was, maybe like in a 140 watt part or something, something really like a small form factor build. Okay. So I was taking a look around and I'm like, Ooh, this is a great pick because Josh will be able to back me up on what a good product this is <clears> and, uh, what a reasonable <laughs> price it is. And he's not here. He's, uh, 
doing another stream someplace else. Go check that out if uh, you can find uh, him. He's, tra- he's traveling um, as a family, going to he's family. Stuck in a bathroom in Boca Raton. You know what? I don't he's know. not here to defend himself, so I can say whatever I want. He's not um, especially <laughs> open about this whole absence thing. I think people demand <laughs> answers. They're going to be worried. There's going to be lots of comments. Like, what happened to Josh? He's on an adventure. That's, that's true. He's off on an adventure. He's he's shown us pictures of some of the food. He's uh, I want, and I'm not, I'm worried about him. I hope he's okay. As, hope he's eating uh, enough. As Kent was talking about early earlier, he may not be. He may not have left the hotel bathroom. Yeah. Just anyway, if you saw his lunch, on the same plate. if you saw what was on his plate, you would be worried about him too. <laughs> nobody can. Correct. Nobody emerges from that unscathed. That is true. All right. So th- the whole point of this. The whole point of this. Josh reference, backwards reference, forward reference. Oh, you'll understand when you see this. Is this is a next level racing gaming chair rig. This is a reasonably good price for it. I know $249 might seem like, oh, this is expensive. But if you're into this sort of thing, you know how much more something like this can add to the experience. This isn't a tremendous amount of money off. It's like 50 bucks off for a factory refurb, factory backed, next level racing foldable simulation rig for the pc for 249 dollars and is this is since woot is an amazon company i think if you have prime i think it is free shipping oh okay so you can buy things on woot if you're a prime member you check out via prime um and i suspect that this might be free shipping not don't don't quote me on that i didn't order one so i'm not entirely sure uh, but you know if somebody else knows that let me know uh this particular chair has a slightly less expensive cousin also. So if you're into console gaming with a uh, PlayStation, there is a uh, PlayStation edition uh, for this called the Next Level Racing GT Lite, which is only $189 versus the $249 for the other one. Um, and it folds up to very, very small, reasonably uh, sized. The other one also folds up. And note in this picture that we're seeing right now, the steering wheel and pedals, I think, are still attached to the rig, even in the folded position. So, and including the shifter, which is a great deal if you want it to be able like to. It looks like a lawn chair, like a collapsed yeah, lounge chair. It kind of is. But you can see the pedals, you can see the shifter, you can see the steering wheel all in the, in the folded position because we know mm-hmm. how much your significant other hates having the gaming chair in the middle of the living room. If only it folded sure up cut this enough to slide. But it certainly looks like a Honda Accord after an accident. <laughs> it's the best they best they could do. It's you got to turn it vertically and slide it between the, Mazda the three vibes off of this right now. Yeah, okay. slide or between Mazda the end table. Yeah. Uh, slide between the end table and the end of the couch. It's <laughs> the best I best I can do for you. Okay. Uh, Sorry, anyone that's had a personal experience with that, but yeah, that's yeah. that I've seen yeah. that, and that's yeah. Al Bundy says, looks like a terrible crash. <laughs> yeah, it does. I rode in a uh, Triumph TR5 uh, several oh. years ago, and the space in it reminded me a lot of that folded up uh, mm-hmm. rig. It, the other yeah. one folds too, just in, in all fairness. The PC version that was 249 also folds up into something resembling a shape you could probably store. Way easier than it <laughs> sitting as you know a chair, uh, you know, expanded chair in the middle of the floor. Yeah. Really, the if you're playing, uh, if you're racing on a console anyway, then you're probably yeah. pretty shameless. So you wouldn't have to worry about leaving your rig out and being embarrassed and having to fold it up. Leave it out because you can't hide that PS5. It's too big, and mm-hmm. you know it's what 
what other uh, things define this shameless lifestyle that you're poking at? What what other elements? Uh, well, saying, it's right? your guest chair. Oh, you have a guest oh, okay. chair? Oh, no. So doubles, Here, come sit in my it uh, doubles racing as a chair. guest chair. Fair. That sounds shameless. Any any other parts parts of this? You can sleep on it after at? you know the pissing off so your significant other with your so console reclines, racing. Okay. Just mm-hmm. rec- you know, it's a nice reclined position. Just uh, sleep out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Just drift off. Yeah. <laughs> Just drift off. Nice. <laughs> Jeremy All right. always so oh. damn funny. All right, Kent, your pick this week. So my pick this week is uh, the PC per audience. Uh, I've been gone a while and, you know, I've been dealing with some stuff with work and family things and some health issues. And everybody's been just fantastic to me. I've received nothing but support and encouragement from everybody. And it's really great to be back. I only had one person tell me I wasn't worth uh, holding Josh Walrus jockstrap. But Sebastian apologized for that later. So anyway, it's been great, and I'm, I'm happy to be back, guys. Thanks a lot. Good to have you back. Hey, we've come full circle. I picked Kent as my pick of the week a couple weeks ago, and now he's, true, he's picking did. our audience. Yes. Uh, I don't really have a pick myself. I, I used Shocking. this board with a – it's a slot A board of some kind in my video – to you know, basically trying to manipulate the audience into letting me you use were. retro components like you this. Were. You were leading. You were leading the audience. Yes, yeah, it you was. It was one hundred percent. But I was just about to say, it's this model, whatever. It, there's no model on this. There's no branding on it. I think it might be a Soyo. I was going to go tie in. There's a serial number on the back, but there is no. Uh, I can't see anything. Usually, there's some kind of uh, silk screen. Writing some kind of model number. It's just a anonymous Asus looking board. It has that Asus gold color, but other companies were using that too. Oh wait, no, there's a number. Okay, get ready. AI six one V one two A. I didn't see it before. It's in the bottom corner. It's a shuttle. It is a oh okay. Yeah, it's a shuttle. Under here is the little. Now that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah, long time. Uh, that'll do it. That's the end of our show. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, watching, and uh, you know it's after midnight on the East Coast now, so we should probably stop. And that's it. If you've stayed to the end, everyone here is due a five dollar refund. You'll get You'd five get dollars joke. off of whatever you paid. <laughs> To yeah. watch the live stream. In order for you to get the refund, you had to have paid to the beginning. Wait, uh, does that so mean I the think... super chat has to be refunded? I don't even know how to do that. Nah. Yeah, I don't even know how to do it, really. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry. Sorry, Nori. Uh, Thanks. I, I Thanks, Nori, though. I give you your money back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we, please um, don't listen to Brett. Brett does not represent I don't... the views of this podcast. I don't want AT&T to outdo us here. I just want to be in the same corporate we didn't have an outage lane. we did the podcast if we hadn't done the podcast this week i would oh. understand saying here's your refund we missed out fair, fair on another week okay. yeah yeah brett for, so for us to get down to the level of at&t we would have to bend all our viewers over a desk prior to offering any kind of refund no okay no that costs extra yeah.